You are listening to the Sideline Sauce Podcast, episode 53, Reps for Rare Diseases. In this very special episode of the podcast, I am joined by defensive lineman from Texas Tech, Eli Howard, who talks about his journey to the NFL draft. He also talks about his upcoming pro day, where he is participating in the Reps for Rare Diseases campaign to support uplifting athletes and their mission to inspire the rare disease community with hope through the power of sport. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SAS podcast, a proud member of the Brawl Podcast Network. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found me. The Sideline SAS podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom and prefer a wholesome connection, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesass.com with three S's for more sports content. Feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at MLM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't catch all that, no worries. All of those links and handles can be found in the show notes. And I'm excited to announce the addition of Sideline SAS merchandise to the brand. If you want your very own Sideline SAS dad hat, head over to the Brawl Network website and get your very own. But uh, for now, let's uh, go talk to some people. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sideline SaaS podcast. We were gone for a little bit again, taking bigger breaks in between podcasts because it's just that time of year where there's a lot going on between March Madness, we've got the draft. Um, The last episode was baseball dedicated because yes, we are in the very beginning of baseball, but I told you I would be back with some draft stuff and I always make good on my promises to my listeners. So joining me today on the podcast is Eli Howard, defensive lineman from Texas Tech, one of my favorite schools that I've ever gone to cover. I love Lubbock and people are always surprised to hear that, but it is a very fun little city um, in Texas, a little overlooked, but the Red Raiders are awesome. And he is here to talk about his career. Welcome to the podcast, Eli. Yeah, thank you, Emily, so much for having me on. And and I I love that you love Lubbock. I mean, it's a (laughs) wonderful community and and Red Red Raider Nation is Mm -hmm. just diehard and and I'm happy to call it home. It really is. One of my very, very good friends, Brandon Jones, was an offensive lineman coach there. (laughs) Oh, you know Brandon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Brandon, he was a coach at Cal um, way back in the day when I first started doing what I do. And we actually were both in Australia when Cal went there to play in the Sydney Cup. And he introduced me, me to Marshawn Lynch. And we got to hang out with Marshawn the whole week in Australia because of Brandon. And it was the coolest experience ever. And Brandon is low-key, like, one of the most fun coaches I've ever met. (laughs) Yeah, he he is a great time. And I'll tell you what, he is cold (laughs) at Madden. He was always trying to scratch up a game, man. And and he's competitive. And 
it was really fun going against him for for a few years. But I believe he's uh, in Houston now. Right? He is in Houston. That's correct. He can't leave Texas because he loves it so much. Yeah. But there we go. We we have that in common. You do sure. exactly. You being a Texas native yourself, did you ever beat him in Madden? I actually never ended up playing him. Okay. I mean, I always wanted to get a game in, but I'm telling you, like. He was good, and he talked a lot of trash, so he always had a line of people waiting to play him. So uh, <laughs> I, love I never that. quite got in there, but he, he, uh, I, I watched him a few times, and he's legit. I love that. That means he has way, he's either got the best football IQ or way too much time on his hand. Is probably I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> it <Yeah>. probably <laughs> is. Um, who? Okay, tangent time. Who is the, your go-to team in Madden? My go-to team, I, I'm fair. I just do randoms. Okay. And I'll let someone pick a team, okay. and I'll do randoms and try to, try to you know, match up the overall. Okay. Well, see, I got to ask because everyone's different. Some people have, like, childhood allegiances. Right. Some people play the team that they play for. So um, I've got a buddy at Tulane who always plays Colorado. He, he's always Colorado. And, I mean, right. when we're talking about NCAA, but um, – but people have teams that they love in, in those games. So I was just curious if you... No, I, mean, no, I, I just mix I like to mix it okay. up, Okay. You know? You're a Cowboys fan at heart, though, or are you Texans? Patriots. Oh, Patriots. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I, I was actually born in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I was only there for three years. And then um, my mom moved me back to Texas, where she's originally from. Okay. But, uh, like, all my family was is huge Patriots fans and have always been, so... Uh, that, that's just what I've always been. Patriots and Red Sox, baby. Okay. And you have to, then you'll agree with this theory that I've had. So obviously you're a Tom Brady fan. Yes. And were you upset or not upset, but was it hard when he left to go to Tampa? Yeah, it was really weird seeing him in different Jersey. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, you weren't mad at him. Like, I understand yeah. it. Uh, and I'm, and I'm sure Tampa Bay weather's probably better for his <laughs> joints. But uh, Is that a crack at him getting old? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm with it. I get it. That's why he spends like a million dollars on his diet. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna live forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. He's obviously doing something right. Yeah. That's for sure. He really is. Well, my theory is this: before we need to, we'll circle back. And this is about you, but I love talking okay. to Patriots fans because you there's two kinds. You know, there's the kind that's just not going to hear anything other than what they believe about their team. And that's kind of fans in general, you know, you get those right. people, but then there's people that are, you know, they understand that Tom Brady walked into a situation with the Patriots that was set up for him to succeed. Right. So he was drafted, you know, low seventh round, six, seventh round, whatever it was. And he was put in a system that Bill Belichick implemented. That was incredible. It gave him everything he needed to succeed. Would you agree with that? I would say yes and no. I okay. mean, Drew, Drew Bledsoe, obviously, he was he was pretty good for him whenever they were together, right. or whenever he was with the Patriots before. But I wouldn't say he just always had a cast of great receivers. Now, obviously, like Gronk was there, Edelman, Randy yeah. Moss, you know, at some points, Deion Branch. Mm -hmm. But I do say yes because Bill Belichick has always had a phenomenal defense. Right. And I think. In a lot of situations, in a lot of times, that's really what's been the overwhelming factor for, for Tom Brady and the Patriots and their success. Well, and, and, and they even – that's the thing is is 
is he is Belichick looks at all aspects of the game. He's not so, you know, narrow in the sense that right. he even gets ensures that there's kickers and punters that are good, you know? And yes. he even had a fullback. James Devlin was one of the best fullbacks in the game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and Brady Absolutely. and and Belichick knew how important it was to have all of these support things for Brady. And so I just feel like there's sometimes I throw out, okay, what if Andrew Luck had been in a situation that Brady had instead of the situation he had with the Colts, could he have had the career that Brady had? You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the situation that Pat Mahomes kind of fell into, you know, mm-hmm. with Andy Reid and, and that situation. I mean, just uh, – and I'll, I'll shout out to Pat, you know, nothing take, not taken away from him or anyone of course. else. But, I mean, he, he was in a great situation and yeah. absolutely loaded offense. And Andy Reid's just an absolute mastermind yeah. of the game and – uh, you know they they've always had a pretty solid defense and, and great true. special teams too. So and another know, coach that utilizes fullback, by the way. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'd say I mean, but you know, football. There's 11 people on the field. So, yeah. You know, I I never say it's just about one player, and obviously the quarterback, you know, has has a huge impact on the game because they touch the ball every play. But okay. Uh, at at the end of the day, there's 11 people on the field, and it only takes one person not to do their job. So okay. Yeah, you, you definitely have to go into a a good situation to be successful. Very level-headed Patriots fan. I admire that about you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's circle back. I wanted to tell people how we kind of connected. We met at the College Gridiron Showcase, and I feel like I'm never going to stop talking about this event because it was so yep. incredible. And Jose and Craig and Mike Riddleman, they do such a good job with that event. And this year more so than ever, just with all the COVID stuff and everyone having having shortened seasons and stinted you know, exposure, having an event like that was so critical. What did you think of the College Gridiron Showcase and how did it help you as you move into this next process? I mean, it, it, it completely surpassed my expectations. I mean, I don't really remember what quite what I was expecting but I mean it was just fantastic uh everywhere from the seminars Mm -hmm. uh to to being able to talk one-on-one with the scouts Mm -hmm. and then the drills and stuff uh, on day three uh afterwards and I mean it was just incredible just to get gain that experience and like you said I mean because of COVID so many people weren't doing stuff I mean East West Shrine Bowl Mm -hmm. you know they were virtual uh NFLPA was virtual Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but uh CGS I mean they, they really hit it out of the park, and, and I think they gained a lot of great exposure and, and gained, a lot, gained, gained a lot more credibility, uh, for sure, yeah. doing that, especially in these times. Exactly. People were like, had not heard of it prior, and now, you know, you can't go anywhere without kind of seeing it or having someone talk about going there. But you mentioned the seminars, which was my favorite part. I think it's so great that they prepare the players for this the shift in their life that's going to happen, and they give you guys the tools. But the interview process with the scouts, I was fortunate enough to shadow the Viking scout and I was able to see kind of what goes on in that room. But for you going into this, it's a job interview, which is stressful. So what was it like preparing for that and sitting across from these guys that, you know, hold a little bit of your future in their hands? Right. 100 percent. And, you know, I I would say it was pretty intense because they're (laughs) taking notes the whole time and. And, you know, they're asking you very detailed questions mm-hmm. about you, your personal life, how you approach the game, your mindset and stuff like that. But at the same time, I would say it's not quite as crazy as you might think, because at the end of the day, you know, they're another human being. They were, you know, you're able to make jokes and laugh mm-hmm. and smile and, 
and really get to show your personality. So, you know, in one hand, it, it was intense, and they were making very detailed notes. And like you said, it was a job interview. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was just really fun just to talk and connect and interact with people who uh, who love the game. And not just men, but there are some women scouts too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was really awesome. <laughs> and, and it was just a great experience. And, and I mean, I, I gained so much from it. We love to see women in scouting. I myself kind of want to get into that because it's such – it's such a my favorite part of football is you know sh- ushering this next generation of young men and chasing their dreams like watching you guys do that right. stuff it's so incredible and and i have to touch on the fact that there was a, a kid in there i believe it was the smu player who was dressed in a full-on suit do you remember seeing him oh no I, I he must have passed by me yeah. I didn't see him and I asked the scouts about that because I said you know is that rare to see a, a young man show up in a full suit as if he's at a job interview as opposed to you know his school stuff or you know your stuff that you're going from class to class to and they said you know we get guys like that that do that and then we get the guys that show up in the dumb and dumber suits like they're trying to make a <laughs> joke and they take into account you know what how a person takes it like how seriously they take right. it, how, yeah. how prepared they are, you know, how open they are. And and that is something that they use, you know, as a, as a measurement forward. Do you think that you were able to give the scouts a good glimpse into who you are and what you would bring to an NFL locker room? Right, absolutely. I mean, just going back to that SMU guy, yeah. what, a way to, what a way to stand out. Right? Know? I mean, they're going to remember a guy that was dressed up in a suit like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic. But, yeah, I, I do think I was able to give scouts a lot of insight on what I would bring to the locker room, my personality. Uh, I mean, I was very thorough. You know, I asked a bunch of questions myself naturally mm-hmm. and uh, taking a bunch of notes and just being engaged in the conversation and showing my full focus. Uh, and, and I think there's just so much to be said about that. Someone who's prepared, who has mm-hmm. done a little bit of research on teams already as far as what defenses they run, what schemes, uh, where, where they see me fitting in. And uh, the biggest thing I wanted to be known is that I want to come in and make an impact right away. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to play. I want to play. I want to be on the field. You know, whether it's getting quality time on my position, defensive line, or if it's helping on special teams, or man, if it's just giving water to, to the guys out there on the field and, and being a cheerleader for a little bit. You know, uh, but I want to make my impact known, and, and I definitely want to help the team win games and championships down the line is that kind of who you were in in that role at texas tech when you were in the locker room were you that guy that was you know cheering on everybody or there for them when when they were struggling right yeah i i definitely think so uh that Mm -hmm. that would be my perspective for sure I, i was always someone that was trying to be encouraging you know make sure uh you know nothing is ever negative i don't think negativity really gets you anywhere i'm, I'm a very positive person mm-hmm. and it's hardest to be positive when things aren't going your way you know or you aren't getting the wins that you think you should get or mm-hmm. or you have some tough losses and and uh, i just think being encouraging and, and, and being positive and that's that's what truly helps people become better and and uh improves their game and we talked about lubbock a little bit but you did start your career at right. North Texas and ended up transferring. Do you want to walk me through a little bit of that decision? And obviously staying local was important to you being in, in your home right. state, but what went into that, you know, change in, in, in that situation? Yeah. So I was at North Texas for one summer session uh-huh. and uh, one, one fall semester and I redshirted. Okay. Um, I think I could have had the opportunity to play some for sure, but I wanted to, uh, 
to redshirt and develop. And okay. I just had some stuff going on at home that, you know, required me to go back a lot of weekends. Okay. Uh, and also, I wanted to play bigger football, to be completely honest, nothing to not Conference USA or of North course. Memphis or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to really test my limits. I really wanted to test my ability. And I, it was always a dream to play power five ball. And I really wanted, I mean, I grew up a UT fan. So, I, I mean, I, playing against them meant everything to me whenever I was at Tech. Okay. Uh, but like I said, more than anything, it was wanting to be closer to home and, okay. and being in Lubbock. Uh, cut my drive from about two and a half hours uh opposed to five to six hours from north texas yeah okay so that that was huge for me and and that's a and that was really the deciding factor of course uh, as well as wanting to push my limits and my abilities well it obviously worked out you had a phenomenal career there you've got your undergraduate your master's degree finance all of these great things but as you look back on these years in Lubbock is there any game or you know story or experience that that really sticks out now that you're on the other side yeah I mean there's obviously a lot of games and uh, unfortunately the thing that will probably haunt me forever is that we didn't have a winning season when I was at Tech I mean that was the biggest thing I wanted to do was to flip it and Mm -hmm. and to have a winning season at Tech but I think the biggest thing that will stick with me is uh, getting my my master's degree in yeah. financial planning. I mean that that just meant so much to me, and you know I, I would have never had the opportunity to do that if it wasn't for football yeah. and, and uh, the opportunities that football allowed me to have. And, and I'm just completely grateful, and I know that's something that's going to stick with me the rest of my life. That's awesome. I was curious if there was a a way that you found yourself in that specific major. Um, were you always in, always interested in finance? So this was actually kind of funny. I <laughs> I got my undergrad in business management. Right. And when I graduated, I wanted to get my MBA. Okay. But the dean of the business school uh, wouldn't let me in because I didn't have any significant work experience at a solid internship <laughs> or anything like that. And I was like, listen, like, I don't really have the schedule to, to get a significant internship right. at a really good company or anything like that. Um, is there any way you could make an exception? And I never do this. I right. never do this, but I pulled the football card. Okay. I never pulled the full football <laughs> card, and I end up pulling it. And he goes, yeah, you know, that would be great to have a student athlete in the uh, NBA program, but you don't have any work experience, so no. I was like, <laughs> so it didn't work. <laughs> oh, it did not work. It blew up in my face pretty bad. So gotcha. I'm like, all right, sounds good. That's about and, that pivoting uh, that we talked about and adapting, so you had to pivot. I did. Okay. And my, my academic advisor said the financial planning uh, program here at Tech is, is great. It's one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Let's let's try to go this route. And uh, I actually did, and, and I loved it. And I don't think there's any doubt that when you know when I hang out my cleats or when football is done for me, I will definitely go into the financial planning route. That's awesome. That is interesting because we were talking about that in our little pre-interview about how this life in this game, it, it gives you the ability to adapt and to adjust. Yes. And you have to learn that or you're not going to make it because there, you know, things are thrown at you, especially in game situations that you just have to be able to figure it out. Um, and it's crazy absolutely. to see that skill translate into your real life. That's, that's kind of fun. Full circle deal. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, absolutely. Football like is a great preparation for, for life and everything down the road. As you look at, at this, you know, month, we're heading into the draft at the end, and it's kind of like this culmination of everything that you guys have worked for. 
as you, you know, head to this next chapter, you've obviously watched a lot of NFL over the course of your life. Is there a specific player that you, you know, follow that you've modeled your game after? Is, is there somebody like that for you? Um, yeah, uh, you know, obviously when I was younger, I had a lot of respect for Tom Brady and mm-hmm. just how he carried himself. I mean, how he carried a lot of humility and was always kind and, and uh, the way he, how bad he wanted to win. Mm-hmm. But I would say in more, my more recent life is, is probably J.J. Watt. I okay. mean, you know, you just have so much respect for him, and especially after what Hurricane Harvey did to Houston, how he reacted and used his platform. Uh, and, of course, just how dominant he is on the field. Yes. Uh, there's just so many great examples in the NFL. And obviously, you know, I try to model my game after a guy like J.J. Watt, who, uh, you know, has several times won defensive MVP. MVP of the league and and uh, but for me it's it's more of what they do outside of football mm-hmm. and uh, how, how they use their platform to positively help other people and that's a perfect segue into how we reconnected for this podcast because yes. I noticed on your Instagram that you are dedicating your pro day you're doing this pledge you know, for your um, reps in, in the bench press and you're pledging money for reps for rare diseases so through uplifting athletes. So tell me a little bit how you got involved with that and how you decided to do that and what went into that process. Right. You know, uh, so some of my marketing guys, you know, contacted me and they were like, we think we, this is a great opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you you know, you're able to give back. And they said, you know, we got this Reps for Rare Diseases. Like you said, it's by Uplifting Athletes, mm-hmm. a program by Horizon. And, I mean, I just looked into it real quick, and, and there wasn't any thinking about it. I mean, it's <laughs> something that I really wanted to do. And, and, you know, one of every 10 Americans are living with a rare disease. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're just partnering with Uplifting Athletes to, to try to help fund that and try to help any way we can. And, and you know, even if it's a little little donation here and there from from other people we just think it's a huge victory for us and and you know we're, we're just, i'm just trying to help uh, any way i can and use my platform any way i can and it's and, great uh, it's it's an incredible thing because these pro days there's so much pressure and emphasis on correct. how you do and and how you know these numbers but you're you're taking that and spinning it and saying making it about you know those less fortunate right. and those who are str- struggling and suffering and that's such a cool thing to do and I'm curious, you, you know, you said it says 28 bench reps. What are we really looking at here? Because, you know, I did donate a dollar per bench rep. So what is you know, what am I looking at here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't I didn't want people to be baited or anything by that. So I think 28 is a good number. Okay. Uh, but I, I, want, I really, really want to touch 30. Okay. And just like you said, I mean, you know, pro day is like, honestly, it's all about yourself kind of deal. But yeah, but by doing this, you know, it, it means so much more because, you know, more people are invested. And it'll make me just go that much harder, especially on the bench rep, comp- bench rep competition. And and uh, I, I think 30 is what I really, really would like to hit. Okay. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, it's just a blessing to to use my pro day and, and help other people. Yeah, it's going to be – it's definitely it's such an incredible cause. And I highly recommend everybody to go check it out. You know, check out Eli's Instagram page. Check out my page. We have the link for his – 
you know, the pledge page there. You can go and, and, and donate money for the charity. You can invest in the reps. So this way, you know, you have a reason. It's 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 like the anti-gambling, but it's the same feeling. You get invested <laughs> in your rep bench reps, but for a good cause, you know. So. Right. It, it, and it is exciting, you know. And, and if you're not like, well, I don't want to maybe put 30 bucks in. Yeah. I mean, you can make a flat donation mm-hmm. of, of whatever you think is acceptable. And like yes. I said, anything helps. And but it, it is kind of like a fun little game. You're almost kind of betting on how many bench reps I do. And, I know. And, uh, you, and it's for a great cause. But everybody so. wins. There's no, like, loser in this situation. Right, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so excited to to see you doing this. And, and what an asset, you know, to an NFL team you'll be just with that attitude. Because you're right, we do need more people to use platforms for good, you know, especially now more than ever with everything going on and in the nation. Yes. So. It is good. I have to ask you about your brother. I, I told you I was going to do it. Eli's brother, Henry, was a fullback at Texas Tech. Now, how did he always play fullback? No, he did not at all. What? So okay. In, in, yes, I know. In, <laughs> uh, in high school, he played like every position on defense every year. So he started out like as a safety, okay. eventually moved to linebacker, and eventually moved to D-end you wow. know, as he continued to get bigger throughout his high school career. And, uh, you know, he was more of a hybrid uh, Raider rush kind of guy. Okay. Um, as, a, as a defensive end, and Kingsbury was like, well, we really like you. We really like your brother. We wanted to come on. Would he play fullback? <laughs> and uh, I was, and we, me and my little brother were both like, heck, yeah. Like, let's get him out here and, uh, you know, get him on the team and stuff like that. Oh, wait, he so he's it. your younger brother. It's, it is my younger brother. Did you yes. guys play together at Tech? Uh, we were together for, uh, I'd say, probably about two years. Okay, wow. And, uh, yeah, you know, he just, he kind of fell out of love for the game. Yeah. Uh, he really he really enjoyed his experience there and the people that he met mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but just kind of realized he didn't really want to play ball at the next level. And yeah. He wanted to, you know, uh, spend his time elsewhere, but it's okay. just another beautiful thing that football's been able to do for me and, and open up doors for not only me, but my family. I mean, yeah. I don't think... I don't think that's an opportunity my little brother would have been able to have if it weren't for me being there and, and uh, you know, and, and having such a great relationship with Coach Kingsbury and the rest of the Tech staff. I was going to say, Cliff Kingsbury, great things at Texas Tech, such a fun ride there. Do you have any specific memory or story of him that, that really goes along with the time that you spent there? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to name one. I mean, because, you know, I have such a great relationship with Coach Kingsbury and Coach Wells. Uh-huh. But uh, Coach Kingsbury actually gave me my scholarship when I walked on. He gave me my scholarship on my birthday. Oh, my God. Uh, as a birthday present. So, that I mean, that meant the world to me. And and uh, I'm just so thankful for that and, and all that good stuff. I think it probably got a little bit dusty at that point, didn't it? <laughs> it got dusty. Yeah, like there might have been some, you know, dust tears coming down. Uh, that's a pretty emotional uh, moment. It's, a, it's dusty in Lubbock all the time, so it's hard <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, and then you had a little rain. It's just like rain and mud, so. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. That's that's not quite my favorite part about Lubbock, but it, it is something you got to deal with. Yeah, Lubbock is, it's a unique place, and it doesn't get 
the Texas city ranking love that it deserves, you know, because it's fighting against things like Dallas and Houston and and Austin, but Lubbock is very unique. And I travel across the country going, we were talking about Conference USA. I love Conference USA. I I respect what you said about that because, you know, there is something to be said playing in big stadiums and big rivalries and, and, I totally get that, but I do have love for these smaller kind of schools and towns because there's oh, yeah. there's like a culture there, you know, and that's kind of what Lubbock is. Right, and and that's the great thing about Texas, and you hit on it. I mean, it's it's just so diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, between Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, and then you got Lubbock all the way out there in West Texas, and I think that's just what Lubbock is. It's just it's it's a West Texas town that loves their sports, their <laughs> diehard fans, yeah. and some of the nicest people you ever meet. I've had some very very fun nights there. Great. You can have a lot of fun there as well. Yeah, <laughs> you can. It's it is uh, it's one of my favorites. So, last thing we're going to talk about, you know, this year's class. Everyone's talking about these quarterbacks and who's going to go where and whatnot. But we have there's so much talent in this draft that's not a skill position. Um, both sides of the ball on the lines are talented. The edge rushing class is specifically deep and talented this year. How do you th- how do you think you set yourself apart at your position, and, and what should NFL teams expect if they were to bring you on um, to their to their team? Just in where today's game is, I mean, mm-hmm. for you to you know really thrive in this game, especially in the trenches and the O and D line, I mean, you have to be a huge ginormous athlete and the guys are just so big and explosive and and powerful and freaky athletic these days i mean yeah. it's just crazy i mean just look at all these o-linemen running four eight forties i mean it just yeah. doesn't even make sense um <laughs> yep i think what really sets me apart is i mean if, if you look at me and what i've done over four years at texas tech mm-hmm. um I, I think i have arguably the best production in the nation if you look at it over four years from a three-man front Mm-hmm. And you look at the defenses I've played in and what I've been asked to do, but, I mean, you're going to get a really big, heavy guy who, who loves to play the run and gets grimy in the run and then mm-hmm. and really loves to pin his ear backs and get after the quarterback on third and passing situations, third down and passing situations. Yeah. But uh, and, and, and I love that you said how, how deep and talented the edge rushing class is because it, it's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's just so many freaks, uh, so many great guys who have great production uh and, and, and it's making it so much fun because it's that much more competitive. Uh, it, it means that much more if your name is picked in the draft. And, yeah. And just to be considered in this situation is a blessing. Yeah, and um, it's been fun to watch these guys. I mean, there's so many you can name, but one guy in particular that I like to watch was Quincy Roche at Miami. Did you, uh, ever, yeah. did you ever get a chance to see him play at all? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm a true student of the game. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I know everyone that is, is to be considered in this draft 100%. Okay. And uh, I, I, uh, I definitely have watched his tape, and, and there's there's great reason that he gets, you know, the, the hype and the credit that he deserves. He's a great ball player and plays with great technique and effort. So this is probably going to be a little weird because this whole process is about promoting yourself. It's about selling yourself as a product, which personally for me, seems like it'd be so hard to do, especially for a humble, hardworking guy like yourself. It's probably so weird to have to be like, this is what I do great, and here's why you should take me. 
I'm sure that's a little at odds with your personality. So I'm going to flip it for you really quick because I know how great you are and you know how great you are. <laughs> but if you're a GM or a, man, or a coach on an NFL team, who would be the person in your position that you would take if you couldn't take yourself? You know, if you were looking at it right. with a keen eye and there's somebody that you think, because I know it's specific to each team, but is there a guy that, that comes to mind that you're like, he would fit in pretty much in any situation? Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate you pointing that out because it, it really is weird talking about <laughs> yourself. Yep. And I don't know, but if you don't do it, they, they right. think you, someone might think you lack confidence right. maybe in who you are or your ability. And that's not, you know, it, it's really, it's a really fine line to, to, you know, dance between confident and conceited. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but the person that I think could easily be taken and, and it's a hard one, but it's definitely either between Quiddy Pay, I okay. would say, or I would say probably Jalen Phillips. So okay. It's between those two, but I would go Jalen Phillips because you just look at him. He's just a, a freak raw athlete, okay. and he took time away from football. But, uh, I mean, he's been dominant since he was in high school. I think he was, like, the number one player when he came out in high school. Right. And then, and then uh, I mean, you, you look at his, his pro day numbers, mm-hmm. just absolutely absurd. Like one of the best uh, DN is uh, test, tested and, and uh, performed ever. Yeah. Like one of the very best. Um, okay. And then you, you think about how long he spent away from football and for him to come back and just be dominant like he was at Miami in, in a big time pro, uh, program and a big time conference. Uh, I think that speaks volume and. And I mean, I definitely tip the hat to that guy. See, sure. and I love that, you know, you're, you obviously are a person who loves the, the backstories and, and get, you know, someone as a whole, you know, and the fact that you even yes. speak about that, that's, that's something that I also like to find in these guys is, is who they were and where they're from and why, you know, what, what their why is. But one of the things that people say about him, and, and this is me, I want you to convince me. People say, okay, he's got a high center of gravity. Plus, you couple that with the injuries. He had some concussions at UCLA. How do you argue against something like, you know how you guys get graded and you get, you know, oh, well, this is his weakness and this is where he struggles. How do you, like, if I told you, okay, well, he's got a high center of gravity, how would you argue against that and say that and and flip it into a positive? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 100%. My my biggest thing is, and I've always said this, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, <laughs> but it's it's so much easier to be a critic. Of you course. Know, I always think of the man of the the man in the arena by Theodore Roosevelt. But okay, uh, for him, he, he might play with the highest center of gravity, gravity, but he's a lot taller. I mean, you know, it, it's not. Okay. I'd rather have to work on a flexibility for a player than than the speed, the athleticism, the mm-hmm. power, okay. and, and just being a sheer freak. I mean, so flexibility to me is probably a little bit easier of a, of a thing to work on and okay. the technique that he has. Yeah. And as well as injuries, I mean, if you play the game right, like you play the game hard, you're going to be injured. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, that's that's kind of the knock on me a little bit. Uh, I know is, is my injuries and whatnot, but if, if you play the game the right way, I mean, that's just part of it. It's if unavoidable. Football, I mean, that's just part of it. Yeah, it's inescapable to, to not get hurt you know what I mean and, and there are guys right. that have maybe di- I mean Christian McCaffrey is one that comes to mind in college um, right. who did not get injured at Stanford but you look at the other side of it and, and he there are times that he sat out he was overly careful about things and so you're right if you're going in you're going in and there's going to be collateral damage and, 
Right, and, and, and it just goes back to what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, just how freakish the guys, people are these yes. days, the players are these days. I mean, strong, <laughs> fast, explosive, all of it. Yeah, it's crazy. It all comes to, yeah, it all comes together. And uh, and the other thing that people kind of forget to realize is, uh, I mean, just how much more resources you'll have at the next level in the yes. NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to being a broke college kid, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, college programs are you know ridiculous with their resources, but I mean, you have so much more resources in your own personal self, your own personal time. Mm-hmm. You don't have school to worry about or raise your stress levels. Right. You you know you you have the income to mm-hmm. go out and search for for better resources if you're not able to get it which is unlikely you know for an nfl team right but uh it, it just gives you so much more flexibility and it, i think that is what will probably you know truly be the determining factor in separating the, the guys who have great great careers and guys who fizzle out early in the league that's a really unique point i like that and i don't definitely not talked about enough you know, as we try and grade these guys and how they're going to fare, it's a, just a different world now. It is a different. Oh, yeah. It's different. Um, okay, last question. I promise. Um, <laughs> who was one of the hardest offense, or, or I guess, okay, it's a two-parter. Who was one of the toughest offenses you faced, and who was one of the best quarterbacks that you went against in your college career? Right. Well, I, I've been very fortunate. I've played a lot of uh, really good teams, mm-hmm. and, and I'm thankful for that. And I think <laughs> it's something that's definitely prepared me for the next level. Um, I would probably say the best offense I've played against was probably the 2018 Oklahoma team. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yep. They had a really, really good O-line. You know, Cody Ford, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Evans, Creed Humphrey was there. Um, and then you look at Kyler Murray, a quarterback, yeah. C.D. Lamb. Uh, uh, golly, uh, they have a plethora of running backs. Trey Sermon. Uh, was yeah, that's there. right. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that that team was was really dang good. Uh, and if not <laughs> them, maybe maybe twenty six, maybe twenty seventeen. Uh, uh, with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I was and, gonna ask you who was who was tougher in that to to get to and and. Not just because Kyler of Murray. Kyler Murray, okay, but not because the offensive line, because he's elusive, or yeah, okay. I mean that dude, that dude <laughs> is hitting full speed in like one one or two steps. <laughs> His acceleration was absurd. Yeah, I was able, I was able to get to Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts and, and all of them. But okay, Kyler Murray, I had, I remember I had a few chances where I got back there, and I mean he was gone. It was not even. Oh, it was something different, man. But uh, <laughs> is he the one that yeah. got away? Is is he the one quarterback in your college career that you didn't manage to catch? Like, will you, will you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he he definitely he, he was hard to catch. I mean, and I didn't do it. All I saw were the back of his cleats. Well, maybe but, uh, maybe you'll get the opportunity here in you know in the NFL. Oh, that, I, that's that's I sure hope so. That way, I can go talk some trash to Kingsbury a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> that's true. Double edge. Yeah. That's just two birds, one stone, right there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Eli, for for taking this time on Easter of all days to you know to continue <laughs> to talk about this process. But I, I, it's so valuable to get insight from guys going through this and and let people know who you are. An incredible young man. Cannot wait to see what you do at the next level and, and in your life in general. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on and, and thank you so much for, you know, uh, just advocating for the refs for rare diseases and, and just my story overall. And 
uh, thank you so much again, and I just hope you have a happy Easter. I will, and and this po- this podcast was as this was as advertised more fun than you thought it would be. Correct? <laughs> it, it, it certainly was. I, yes. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we were able to get this together. This is the sideline sauce guarantee every time. What an incredible, incredible young man Eli Howard is. Cannot wait to see him excel at the next level. And I absolutely love what he's doing with his pro day. And I didn't realize that so many athletes have joined this campaign that's being put on by Horizon Therapeutics. The hashtag, if you want to find it, is hashtag rare is. And it's, I want to give you guys a little bit background on the program so you could go check it out, pledge to your favorite athletes, and donate to charity. So it's a program that's proud to match all of the donations up to $35,000. So you get to just choose your player and support the rare disease community by making this pledge. Go to charity.pledgeit.org backslash reps for rare diseases. And there you can find out how much money has been raised. Currently this this year, $75,953 raised by former college football players that are using this next step toward their NFL dream as an opportunity to give back. Each of these players is running a Reps for Rare Diseases campaign to support uplifting athletes and their mission to inspire the rare disease community with hope through the power of sport. The proceeds from Reps for Rare Diseases 2021 campaign support the mission of uplifting athletes and their charitable programs. Rare disease awareness, rare disease research, uplifting experiences, and uplifting leaders. So it's just an incredible, you can see the leaderboard there, top top fundraisers, Brady Breeze has raised $6,000, Avery Williams, Trey Smith, Sean Slater, all on here raising money, and you can go there and pledge to support this cause. And I thought it was interesting because last year, in 2020, they raised $59,455, and some of the guys who were involved in it, um, Sean Pollard from Clemson, Mason Kinney, um, Sean Bradley. There was just so many great, you know, college athletes working through this. Tony Jones Jr. did it. So I just, I think it's so great that he's doing it. I'm excited, excited to be a part of it and to see how many bench press reps he can actually do. I went and pledged a dollar per rep. He says he can do 28. He's looking to hit 30. So that'll be at least $30 for me for this cause. So make sure you guys check it out at the web address. The link will be in the podcast as well. And make sure you follow Eli Howard to the next level. That's going to be all for this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more NFL draft stuff coming up. Make sure to follow the podcast on all social media at Sideline Sass. Follow me at MLNEM and watch my journey through this draft month. And then, you know, Just go ahead and subscribe and throw down a like and throw down a review so we can figure out how to make the podcast better. I will catch you guys on the next one. And remember to stay sassy.